And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davis, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, how you feeling right now, bud? You know, um, I usually am a very positive person. I, I take everything in stride and look to find whatever whatever note I can strike and, and play together to put a nice positive spin on things. But it is cold in Portland right now. I am cold personally. And unfortunately, I had this nagging toothache that, um, yeah, it just it's not going away right away. And I'm not enjoying it in the slightest. Oh, man. Well, um, I mean, it's cold here in, you know, the Inland Empire of, of California. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to go golfing in a couple Sundays. That That's what I, you know, my dad's flying out for his spring break, hoping to go out at that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been cold here as well, but rainy, like more rain than we've had in California for a long time. And I say that I've only been here two years, but like, you know, from what I've heard, uh, yeah. like it's, you know, it's one of those years where, you know, I don't know if it's El Nino or what or what, but we were getting a lot, um, uh, mm-hmm. of rain over here in these parts and as far as your toothache Ethan I mean at some point Keiko will be able to come and just fix that right up for you so I am counting on it <laughs> gotta gotta get this grill right exactly exactly um anyways we're not here to talk about toothaches and weather Ethan we're here to talk about another state of the franchise and today going to Portland oh Trail, trailblazers yeah we're coming here coming home as it were currently fighting we're it's halftime in this game at the time of our recording halftime of the okc game and both those teams have the same record fighting for the three seed ethan um as you speak and and at the moment portland i believe is up three points Mm -hmm. 61 to 58 i think um i got the i mean have the game on another screen although right now we're in commercial it's a weird commercial but point is um things are at stake tonight as we are recording this so uh, listeners out there just be aware you know i think this portland could have the three seat or portland you know could eventually just you know have the four seat and, and i mean it's pretty close near uh the middle portion of the western conference yeah these these teams definitely seem to like separate themselves a little bit as regular season teams i think okc clearly has a more like defined path in the postseason given their defensive prowess but I would say that um, the Blazers have proven themselves to be an exceptional regular season team over the last few years. I guess I should clarify, if they lose this game, then they will actually go to fifth because Houston also has the same record as uh, the other two teams in question. So at the end of the night, Houston will be fourth um, and the other teams will uh, fall where they may. But let's go ahead and get to, uh, you know, how how this Blazers team is, is is looking, what their core is, and how we project them going forward. So, Ethan, obvious obvious number one person in the core, Dame Lillard. I mean, he even has come out recently um, speaking words of how you know he he really wants to be in Portland. He doesn't want to move to, at the beginning of the year. With the rumors were that oh maybe he'd go to. LA or get traded to LA for a package if things weren't working out. But I mean, they're third in the West, far superior to the stinky Los Angeles Lakers. That's the only time that I will mention them on this podcast because I'm sick and tired of all the Lakers talk that mm. is out there. I live in LA and it's all that I hear um, on podcasts that are national, which shouldn't be so LA focused, but it is what it is when you have LeBron and, and they're missing the playoffs. 
But Dame Lillard um, seems to want to be there. They obviously would love to have him there. And so it seems like it's a pretty good match considering him as uh, part of the court. He's having a phenomenal year this year. Damian Lord is, I think, my favorite player in the NBA. It's like singular player. Ooh. Like I, I would say, Dwayne Wade still takes the takes the cake. But I mean, we Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's kind of gone already. Like he's yeah. he's he's playing great. And if the Heat were a better team, he'd be up for Sixth Man of the Year. But the, the Heat aren't very good. Um. Anyway, not here to talk about the Heat. Stop it, Ethan. Talking about Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard is a staple of this area. He is such a good basketball player. He honestly, I still think, just gets underrated because of like some postseason foibles. And man, like this guy, like I, I have so much admiration for him. I want to get his new shoes, the Dame Fives All Skates. They look fire. But like with that whole process of mine, the other, last summer, he sent out a tweet that he said he's going to give out. Uh, give out shoes at Irving Park, which is literally like I walk there with my housemate Ben and we play pickup there like quite a bit during the summer. And he pulled up in a U-Haul truck and just started hucking shoes out the back to all these kids. And like I love the flex because it's like a Nike sponsored court. And he didn't pull up to the Nike court exactly, but like he pulled up Irving Park adjacent and just started hucking shoes out the back. And like I just think that speaks to the how how cool that dude is. Like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of times basketball players aren't actually cool because everyone's always telling them how great they are. But with 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 Dame, that guy is a cool dude because he's he's he wasn't, you know, told how great he was his entire career. He came out of Weber State. So I challenge most people to tell me where that is because I didn't know until until he got drafted. <laughs> tell, t- tell me, tell tell us, Ethan. Where 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 is it? It's in Ogden, Utah. Utah. My goodness. Yeah. So yeah, the letter O as he goes by. He's from, he's from the Bay Area, that being Oakland. He went to Ogden, Utah for school. He he now plays professionally in Oregon, and he wears the letter O. There you go. It's that's his thing. I love that man, man. I I can't say enough good things about him. I don't have a negative thing to say other than he gets beasted in the post if he gets stuck down there. This is true. Um. So. Yeah, obviously he is he is where where he is and uh it's he's gonna be there for a long time and we'll see come playoff time if uh a backcourt of of him and CJ McCollum, uh who is our next guy here um as part of the core, we'll see we'll see if they can you know shake off their playoff demons and actually uh make some sort of run. I mean, they're in I mean, I guess it really depends. I mean, they're really hoping to get the three seed. They want nothing to do with the four or the five. Um, personally, though, like matchup wise, would you prefer them to be the three, and and um, or or would you prefer them uh, to be the four or five, having to play you know Golden State round round two? I mean, I don't care about it because like I'm I don't have enough money to go to playoff games. Mm-hmm. So like how far we advance is not is not a big deal to me. We can't beat the Warriors. Like it's but I would rather lose to the Warriors than lose to someone else because then at least we won't get, you know, punked right. nationally for like losing to some team that maybe we shouldn't lose to. But you know, we got CJ listed here in the core. I think he is, you know, core adjacent. I've used that word twice now, so I love it. Um but CJ is part of the core until something perfect a perfect fit comes available and it would i i don't know how this trade would have went but when tobias harris like got traded to philadelphia 
I kind of put just got sad because I was like, man, maybe he was the guy we could have just thrown all our assets away for, minus CJ and Dame, and got hit, got that wing scoring threat that we so desperately need, and now he's he's gone. I find it fascinating that um, as you are speaking about this team, I don't think I've heard this yet, but you're using the term we. Like we are we as opposed to, you know, the Blazers giving because I mean, I know that you are in Portland, physically in Portland, but, you know, t- we is usually, ref- you know, saved for our our team and hey. the Miami Heat for you. So it's just, it's just an interesting, interesting experience. I think it's the first time I've heard you refer to them as we. So it was just kind of throwing uh, me off, like part with like he's talking about the heat again. What's, what's going I'm, on? And then I am assuming uh, my my future job with them. That's what I'm doing. Oh, okay, there you go. Yes, yes. And I mean, I love. I really do like. There's a reason, Richard. Um, I and my my housemate moved out here. Like, I mm-hmm. wanted to live in an NBA city, and I was like, Portland seems like the cool NBA city that I could move to, afford to live there, and you know, really enjoy myself. And it's been a it's raging success, in my opinion. All right. And I. I love going to Blazers games. I I do feel part of that team. Like when I root for them, I get frustrated with certain players, and you know, uh, yeah. one of those certain players is gone now. So I don't have to talk about him anymore. But it's true. Yeah. CJ McCollum, like I, I, and I feel I feel so in touch with CJ because I listen to his podcast. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't want him to leave. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll see. They'll get another shot at it. So uh, those two guys are there. Um, unfortunately for I mean CJ. Uh, he is, you know, he's 27, not, you know, not as young as you like. I mean, him and Dame are, you know, one, one year apart, Dame a year older. Um, but you know what? These guys, you're probably, if you're Portland, um, they're definitely bringing Dame back. You you probably bring CJ back if you end up having no other options, whatever, you know, you know a few years from now when, when both those guys are up. Maybe just say, you know what? We're, we've been a sustained playoff team and – we like this. Granted, we want to compete for a championship, but you know we'd rather not lose them. So who knows? I mean, yeah, you're right. They could be part of the core, or like you said, that core adjacent. Like you could trade him, and then that part becomes your core. Whoever you trade him for, whatever piece mm-hmm. that is. Uh, finally, just you know, based off of playing time and based off of uh, years left on the deal, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, and effectiveness. He's been a lot better this year. Overall. Yeah. More consistent. That's, that's fair. Um, uh, Yusuf Nurkic uh, would be the last one here. Um, tier two of the core, I, I'd say. But Yeah. Yes. His his placement on the core is because he is a he's a good traditional big. He plays his, his specific role very well. Um, he's a little soft in terms of finishing around other massive human beings. But when he gets uh, mismatched with a guy who's maybe a bit stringier, like, you know, not as heavy in the shorts, just, you know, can get bumped around, I would say Bam Adebayo, for example, because I remember watching that game, and Yusef for a while was really getting into Bam. And um, with that in mind, like, he he can have success there. And with, so I, I like him as part of the core. I would, I would like to see them, you know, develop Zach Collins into what should be that starting center role. But he's, yeah. he's a little behind his development. But I'm not, you know, I still say all the, all the indicators that he could be something really good are there. He's just a little slow on the development curve. Can, can, I, can I just liken that, um, you know, a bit to Miles Turner kind of progression for that for that center who's kind of a floor space for who you hope can can be you know a defensive presence and how it took him a while. It wasn't until basically like this year, like 
the contract that that he got um, to to stick around there and to you know be doing the things that he's do, like he people were saying, oh, is that a good contract? I don't know, especially because Sabonis is playing so well. But he's really set up his game and has become you know a candidate. People mentioning his name for you know defensive player of the year. I don't know if he'll if he'll actually get there, but you know having a really uh, you know his name being mentioned um, as a you know reach beginning to reach his potential on the defensive end as well. I I could just see it happening in that kind of progression, except for the fact that he's not getting time. And granted, like I mean, you Nurkic is twenty four, so he's a young guy. You have him for a while. It's just you're kind of relegating him to being a power forward. Uh, you're relegating him to having you know only seventeen minutes a game, and so for, for his development purposes it doesn't quite give him as many opportunities perhaps as miles Turner uh, has had, but you know, if you were, if you are where the blazers are, you are competing for that three seed, you know, up at the top of the, of the conference. And who knows with when the warriors go down, how that conference will begin to look. You can't, you mean the way that you approach it might be, Hey, young guy, you're not as good as, as our entrenched starter. So, Sorry, we can't develop you as much as we'd like to. I think ultimately, like the Zach Collins conundrum starts with you traded two, like you traded two first round picks to move up. You know, in terms of like just a little bit to grab him, and that put a lot of expectations on this guy. Mm-hmm. And that I think is kind of the curse for Zach Collins. I'm looking at per 100 stats, and he's pretty similar to Miles Turner's development. Like points per game, or like points per 100 possessions are lower, but he's definitely not a feature part of their offense. The Blazers definitely have and have had have had a dominating offensive force his entire career. Versus Turner played on some Indiana Pacers team where Paul George was really good, but he wasn't the kind of ball dominator and even or the facilitator that Dame Lillard is. But like you, you can see a progression in a shot. Miles Turner was not a good shooter and developing into one. Like there's there's a similarity, and I like that you you pulled that up. <laughs> but here's a funny thing for both those guys in terms mm-hmm. of their defensive foibles. Um, where Miles Turner's gotten a lot better. Um, his personal fouls per hundred possessions have decreased every year from five point seven per hundred possessions to now four point seven, so decreasing a whole basically basically a whole foul per game. Whereas Zach Collins has not progressed in that era. He's actually gotten marginally worse. And that's my biggest concern with him is he has all the defensive instincts, but like instead of going straight up, he goes for a, a, a really risky block and gets, gets fouls called. And maybe that's a respect factor, but so, some of it's just like he he's reckless when he gets in the air. Yeah. But I mean, that that's tends to be a problem with young players just in general, um, young big men, uh, you know, tend to get a lot of fouls because they get themselves in that kind of trouble. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, so yeah, he's kind of the first one on our questionable. It's like with, with them having uh Nurk, she's 24 on this long deal and a deal that actually goes, uh, what beyond, um, beyond the length I, 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 of, I would assume of, uh, of Zach Collins. I, I yeah. So, so th- their contracts, like his Nurkis has run, runs one year longer than Zach Collins. However, Nurkis's last year of his contract is oh, only yeah. guaranteed for four million dollars. So you could argue, okay, if Collins is making that push in in time for his extension eligible time, you could say, hey, show us this year, we'll we'll cut him, we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. rid of him. Like, you'll have the job. I mean, you might not want to be that you know blunt because maybe that's right. 
that's you know that could get around and Nurk could be you know malcontent again but like yeah you you could definitely insinuate that hey like this is your job you have the chance to prove it to us and get some real money because you can we can we can feature you if you show us your worth yeah this is true um I, I, so we'll I, have to see I do want to mention, like, I think the most like disappointing thing with Zach Collins this year is that, um, and Terry Stotts loves Myers Leonard, like, really loves Myers Leonard. But the fact that, like, Myers Leonard was getting a lot of minutes at center with Zach Collins playing the power forward, like, kind of being relegated to that, and then that they felt in his canter was an upgrade to help their postseason success or help them push to the postseason, that that just doesn't bode well for the team's confidence. Him, and I wonder if Zach Collins, like, in the in the franchise's mind, is better as a trade asset than than anything else because they, they're not investing in his development right now. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting idea. I mean, you just don't see that natural path until the very end. But at that point, have you given him the development that you need to? So that's, that's a very fair point. Um, they, they've kind of yanked his roles around and like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Cause like, I, no, like yeah. again, I, I am a believer in his talent. Like I remember I watched him in that national championship game and said, man, there's just so much like, unmatured talent on that guy like he's jumping for everything and getting fouls but like he's fluid like his offensive game is is like going to be diverse i think he'll eventually be a good shooter he's shooting the free throw as well just hasn't translated to, to three pointers yet but like he, he's still like when he's down in in the paint he still has that college offense where i'm bigger than you i'm going to jump straight up and unfortunately um that doesn't work in the nba unless you're you know bobon yeah yeah that's true um so let's go to some other guys. Uh, Anthony Simons, we also kind of have as questionable. Yeah. Like we haven't really been able. He hasn't to played hardly at all. See him, so I mean, but you know, he's the young guy, kind of being like he was the guy who reclassified, so kind of a high school esque player coming uh, straight to the pros in, in that kind of regard. Um, Shout out to the live draft pod where. <laughs> Yeah. Who is this guy? Oh yeah. <laughs> like we had talked about him. Like like my buddy Jake had had mentioned mm-hmm. him to me and like, hey, like I'll, I'll look him up. And yeah, I was like, oh, I, I knew kind of interesting, but I didn't know I didn't know nothing about him. No, I just knew that there was a guy who fit that who fit that role. Like, oh, this there's a guy who reclassified and um kind of making the uh you know argument he's, that you know he's he's 19, but yeah. um it's he didn't have a year in college and didn't do like a Europe stint or anything quite like that. So it, that was an interesting situation, but yeah. yeah. So him, we'll see how he, how he progresses and if he can fit, fit into the rotation next year, Jake Lehman restricted free agent. Mm. Um, and he has, you know, he's played capably. It's yeah, been, it's, it's been nice to see. He is good for an alley game and a big high arcing three pointer. I'm actually shocked to see his three-point percentage is only at 35% because I honestly feel like every time I go to a game, he's wet. And, like, I mean, it's vastly improved from his low minutes and low attempts percentages from years prior. This, mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember, like, a lot of people were clowning the Blazers for letting Shabazz Napier go, and yeah. maybe, maybe fairly, yeah. but to keep Jake Lehman. And I was like, oh, Jake Lehman, it's, it's a size thing. Like, you need – you need swings and, and even if there's swings and misses at size that can do stuff. And the fact, the fact of the matter is like he, he's a body. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've said many times, there's no such thing as a stopper, but like he's a body that is, is athletic and capable to go out there and get ragdolled a bit. If, if that's what it takes. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, uh, I mean, you know, listeners main, if unless they're Portland fans probably aren't listening to very, you know, paying attention very much to him. Uh, but you know, this is a guy that has 
um, a positive, uh, you know, box plus minus positive value over replacement has uh, offensive rating of, of one, uh, one twenty two and a defensive rating of one eleven. So, you know, it's, he's contributing positively to, to the roster as a, you know, into the team as a whole. So he's, you know, they made the right move. I mean, with, with going, with going with him. Yeah, and he fits his role perfectly. Like he yep. does exactly what you asked him to do. He runs off a, a hard back screen for an alley oop, and he's ready to catch and shoot now. Like I, I, it's such it's such a relief to see him like actually like getting out there playing effective minutes, not just looking like a joke. Yeah. Next guy, Mo Harkless. Mo yeah. Harkless is interesting. Um, he is first of all, he's younger than I mean, he's always one of the guys. It's like he's younger than I think he should be. Um, but he's got one more year on, on the deal and he's, you know, at that wing kind of position. He hasn't quite been, you know, everything that they were hoping, like back when the uh, Blazers were like, we really need to get that, you know, that small forward type of player, that person, maybe who's a three or a four. And they went out and got all these guys who haven't really worked out as well as they want to, but you know, um, Mo Harkless, uh, you know, overall is a helpful what eighth seventh eighth guy i mean you know guy in the rotation he is a pretty solid defender when he's healthy his problem the last couple of years has been staying healthy mm-hmm. he's not a plus shooter like if you get him out of the corner i don't feel confident about anything that goes up but like he's he's again he's a body but like like this year unfortunately he's like not he's he's definitely getting overpaid at the moment but like you, you, you still got to kind of buy on his potential being a pretty young player that mm-hmm. is six eight. Like there's just yeah. there's a limited amount of guys who can get out there and play decent offense and decent defense at six eight. This is fair. This is true. Um. So yeah, I mean, either we'll see how he how how that goes. Um, we'll see if they decide to re up with him after the fact, or maybe he's a player because he's expiring. That they next year begin to move around if they think that they can swing something that they that they want. I want to mention he's a sixty one percent. Career free throw shooter. So yeah. you can't you can't count on his shot. Yeah. Um and lastly in the questionable category, Al Farukamino. Mm. Um unfortunate for for the uh for the Blazers, because he's been one of their better players this year. Yep. Uh he is going to be a free agent this year. Uh and considering some of the free agents who kind of fit that um that mold of being like, uh, you know, kind of a three, four type of type of player. Um, there's not many out there. And so I think that he will have a, um, he will have a market that might, unless the Blazers want to go into the tax again, which they might, then it could, it could get pretty expensive for them. We'll have to see. The thing going for the Blazers in terms of retaining uh, Alfred Camino, chief as the locals like to call him. Um, he has found a role here that he wasn't getting before. And granted, he has improved. So, like, I'm sure he would get respect around the league now. But like, he's turned into a shooter. Before before the season, he had only eclipsed, or before he came to the Blazers, he had only eclipsed a 30% mark from three point range once. Mm-hmm. And it was 31.5%. He is his lowest ne- um, since joining the Blazers was 33%. And every other year has been th- 36. So this guy is like obviously found a flow with this team and specifically Damian Lord and CJ McCollum in terms of working off them. 
and you know, being relatively useful. He shouldn't bring the ball up the court. That's where every single one of his turnovers come from. I'm I'm certain. And like he's he he's waning a little bit as like a, a you know a really good defender, but he's he's that elusive size, and he's a better defender than most. Like he's a better defender than Mo Harkless, better shooter than Mo Harkless. You, you, you got to retain him. And I do think like if there's anything in terms of loyalty, like to a franchise, it would be Alfaro Camino to the Blazers because they've really made him a, or they've show, I'll say this. They've showcased him as a competent NBA player. Yeah. Yep. They have. Um, so we'll, we'll see what kind of market he ends up getting. He's one of those guys where it's like, he might get a bigger offer than you would imagine. Um, this just because of positional scarcity. Um, and, and if you're a team like the Nets, if you whiff on some of your bigger targets, he makes a lot of sense just throwing in there at the four next to Jared Allen. And yeah. he's all of a sudden like a really good player for you guys. Like in, taking the Damari Carroll kind of taking minutes. the Rondé Hollis Jefferson minutes yep. when they let him walk. Like it's mm-hmm. one of those, he's one of those guys you can put on any team and he's not going to negatively affect it. Yeah. The, the only way he could negatively affect it is if he goes to like a team that has a lot of depth at that position, and he just doesn't get the burn, so he's agitated. That's the only way this guy's a negative player. Granted, when he still shoots, for some reason, I'm still nervous because it looks so bad. But you know what? He makes them, so or makes them at 36%, I should say. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the uh, money situation. Actually, bad contract, bad contract situations. Um, And really at this point, these guys aren't necessarily – bad contracts anymore but they've been bad contracts for the duration of their contract and you know just kind of a a sour spot financially with uh evan turner at 18.6 million for one more year and myers leonard one year at 11.2 million dollars yeah these these contracts can still classify as bad because they are the reason you're so close to the tax they're the reason you don't have the flexibility in the trade in the trade game because you have to include these guys in a trade if you're going to bring anyone anyone that's good. And as much as the like Myers Leonard is the perfect face of the franchise, the man is gorgeous. <laughs> and with that in mind, like I would hate to see him leave Portland, but I would love to see him on a vet minimum contract. See what's funny about this, Ethan, is you're trying to convince me. It's like even though these guys are on one year deals, oh, these these aren't these aren't bad. Uh aren't bad contracts. I was trying to do the same thing with you. The other part, you're like, it's a one year deal. One, one more year left. There is no bad, uh, expiring deal. And I was trying to, I was trying to give you the pushback <laughs> last time. So just, just wanted to throw that out there here. Just it's for one, the listeners. Hey, we, we got to disagree a little bit, even if we're not a hundred percent behind it. Yeah. We're be, be, consistency is all I ask for. That was all I asked for. No, here. no, I will never, <laughs> I will never. Got to keep each other on, on our toes. Huh? Um, so money, Next year, they have $126 million wrapped up. And I mean, that's not, it's not great. It's not good. Uh, they are at the moment under the projected tax level of 132. And they really only have um, like four roster spots to fill, maybe four or five, maybe. So you theoretically could go ahead and just offer minimums if you want to, to fill out the roster. But I mean, at this point, you, if you're the Blazers, let's say Kevin Durant leaves, right? At that point, you've got to envision this first year after a Kevin Durant departure as your chance, your window, your opportunity. So it's not the year to skimp. It would be the year to go in and try to get, uh, try to get a few guys. So I don't think that they're going to be, 
in that scenario. I think that they, I mean, I don't think they're going to skimp and, and go the, that route. They're probably going to try to resign Al Farouk Aminu and uh, do whatever they can to bring in some guys, whether that is attaching picks to an Evan Turner, trying to send him into cap space, uh, whether that is like a Myers Leonard, similar type of deal. Uh, I think that they will probably try to, I guess I can't get too, ex- can't go too much into it. Cause that's, we're getting to my GM mode, but uh, I think that they're in a spot where they're not already in the tax. And that's a good thing considering they don't have that many spots to fill on their roster um, with how many people they have locked up. Yeah. I mean, I think like you said, there's four roster spots they are going to have to fill. It's it's going to be Alfred Camino. It's going to be Jake Lehman and it's going to be the first round pick. Those are the, those are the roster spots that are guaranteed in my eyes. I don't think there's any way they let those guys walk just over money, especially when you can attach an asset like, to an Evan Turner to clear up quite a bit of space to teams that are looking to, you know, preserve more cap space going forward. Maybe you could swap Turner for another not so great contract, but it, you know, drops you out of the tax. If that's your concern, keep in mind this team, like they're all out and died. It's, you know, not a fun thing to talk about, but the ownership is going to change for this team in all likelihood at some point. So like having long-term money on the books is less appealing. If you're trying to sell the team, but you also want to be competitive, so you don't want to be selling off all your assets either. Like it's just, it's a really tricky situation with this team, and I don't know if like I don't know how well we can project how a front office will be ran when there's not a strong strong face a uh, front facing owner anymore. That's true. Um, yeah, and I guess we should say like I, I forgot. I mean, Jake Lee, and we mentioned him as being a restricted free agent going into this year. Like he's going to cost money, and so. Um, if they're already going to be a tax team, then there's no real way to like really skimp it. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to be a tax team next year. It's the year after that. A lot of, uh, options open up with that Evan Turner contract with that Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard, uh, you know, those things, Scal, Labissier, you know, $2 million. Uh, I understand. I understand easy. your feelings. Easy, buddy. You cannot talk poorly about one. I'm not talking Labissier. poorly. I'm just stating a fact that his money comes off the books um, in a, you know, a year from now. So just comes off a year sooner than Caleb Swanigan. Oh, I said it. Ah, you, you <laughs> went there. You done went there. Um, uh, so with, with this in mind, um, they, they will, they're not in an awful cap situation. They have $87 million, uh, you know, already allotted for that 2020, 2021 year and then it after that it's it's just um a lot comes off the books it's that uh unguaranteed yusuf nurkic year it's anthony simon's uh you know option year final option year and it's the that and so they have options they're not in an awful situation if they can bite the bullet one more year with the tax then they can make maneuvers and make moves um where they'll have some flexibility uh, going forward, or at least they'll be able to maybe duck the tax in a way that won't seem like, you know, in a way that will show that they're being competitive and not just trying to duck the tax to duck the tax. That's fair. That's fair, Richard. Let's get into my GM mode, Richard. And I think the best place to start is a trade scenario that we've, Oh, let's do the picks first. My bad. I skipped over that. You skipped over. They have no incoming. This is a short section. They have no incoming picks. They're trading away their 2019 second round pick. That's the 
confusing pick with Houston and Philly that we've mentioned before. They don't. The point is they don't have it. Um, they their twenty twenty second round pick is um, going away, although it's protected uh, thirty one through fifty five. But there is a chance they could be a top five team that year and convey it to Brooklyn. So there is that. Then they have because of the Rodney Hood deal. <laughs> we, I mean. We should mention, we should take a moment to mention Rodney Hood. You traded two second rounders, a 2021 and a 2022 second round pick for him, and you're just not going to retain him. He hasn't really been an impact player for them uh, since the trade. So, no, he I just mean, made it where we don't have to play Evan Turner. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you don't have you don't have bird rights on him. So it's 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 interesting. Um, kind of that that move. Kind of looking back on it at it now. Cleveland, man, got getting a lot of return for some of their sorry, sorry people. Anyways, uh, I will still stand behind the fact that second round picks, not that big a deal. It depends. Um, I mean, you're saying 2021, 2022. Th- these are the years that perhaps there's, you know, you no one is literally no one is on that roster at that point, except for those ones, that, guys that we mentioned. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but they got all their first round picks. And that is good. It allows for them to have that flexibility if they should choose upcoming. Yep, yep, yep. So, Richard, the the name on everyone's tongue for the Blazers for years, Kevin Love. Uh Uh-huh. Coming back to this area where he spent much of his youth. This is true. I have a question for you, Ethan. Okay. Um, Just about, like, the value of Kevin Love. Mm. Uh, Because the injury that he suffered – you know, at early on this year has really put them in, I mean, really put them in a bind because I, you could, you could see that they would have liked to have, uh, you know, had him going from the beginning, had him, you know, being the feature guy within the offense and would look to trade him at the deadline, pull a Blake Griffin and try to get value for him there, but not to be, he got injured um, almost immediately within, within the season and uh, he's he's only played 12 games this year, 12 games. Now, since he's been back, though, he's been playing pretty well. They have put him on, you know, minutes restriction, but you know, pretty well for Cleveland is what it is. His contract is not lovely. It's, mm. it's not great. It's He's making uh, you know, $24 million this year. It jumps up to 29, essentially, next year and into the 30s. Uh, you know, for three years, a couple, you know, three years beyond that. So it's not a great contract um, at 30 years of age right now. But at the same time, Ethan, he's a positive player. He's going to help you. Um, he's a he's still a good guy to have on your squad. So my question is, what is the value of Kevin Love, though, at this point? Is it worth, like... The Cavaliers are playing a little bit with fire right now, in my in my estimation. Yeah. What can they reasonably expect as a return for Kevin Love? So my my question is this: Do the Cavaliers say, you know what, we 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 offered the money, it didn't quite go how we wanted this year. Um, before things get too out of hand and it's really really awful. What if we just traded him for expirings? What, what, would would it make sense? Myers Leonard, Evan Turner for Kevin Love. The math works. So I think Kevin Love is still worth a single sweetener. A single so, sweetener. 
So you're talking a first-round pick, an Anthony Simons, depending on how you're feeling about Zach Collins and his new role if you acquire Kevin Love. Those are the kind of guys it takes one of those. What I right. would do is I would probably look to make leverage and give two sweeteners and try to get C.D. Osmond back mm. as a you know three – a two three that can you know come off the bench for you guys better than you know what you kind of currently have, and he would, he would feel like the roster spot's vacated by like an Evan Turner if that's part of the expiring deals. It's just CD Osmond seems to have need to he needs to play for a team that's a little bit better, and I think I think you could swap sweeteners for him, but it's not nothing critical. But like it's one sweetener is the price for Kevin Love, so, especially yeah. if you're given expiring salaries. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it is Zach Collins because, I mean, if you bring in Kevin Love and you're not getting rid of Zach Collins, like, literally, where is the where is he getting minutes? Where is – three big rotation. I know the three big rotations. Reminiscent but, of Greg Monroe, Josh Smith, but and Andre Drummond. Al, if you're having Al Farouk Aminu play your four minutes, like minutes to the four, then pretty soon it's becoming a three-and-a-half-man uh, big no, I, rotation. Um, and, and, and so uh, – at this point, I would probably be more. I mean, Scalabissier, Ethan. What's going to happen with him? Untouchable. Uh, we we not we're not playing him. Untouchable. He's not part. He's not part of that. He's just uh, a guy standing off to the side, remaining untouchable, literally, because he's not on the court, not being touched by any player at all, because he was sitting him on the bench. That's probably right, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. It's fine. Uh, I think he's a, he's a one him. sweetener player, especially if you're giving up the expiring deal. So if you're helping them get off a bad contract like soon, mm-hmm. like that's almost a sweetener in, in itself. Yeah. And then like you give up the other sweetener is the like, hey, here's a young player that's replacing your, you know, long time, like now long time, you know, contributor. So like that's where I'm at with him. See, yeah, my, my question was just saying, man, have, have we relegated Kevin Love with his contract to being worth expirings because if that's what it is then if if you're cleveland you are literally admitting that you made a mistake you should have not signed into the deal which i think that internally they would say they're not they would not say it externally obviously but um yeah i think in order for them to actually go through with it um unless it's a, a new regime then they would have to say all right, please give us Zach Collins and we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. And I think it's fair too. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, you're right. Like they, they probably made a mistake giving Kevin Love, like that big extension. Well, like he's, he's still a good player. It's just, he's not a, a championship level difference maker anymore. I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan, which is a little podcast and they were going through Cleveland's closing lineup for the championship team. Yeah, and they, they forgot, forgot Kevin Love. They forgot him. Like if, I mean, because because they were trying to say, you know, well, Tristan, they knew Tristan Thompson. Like you remember, it's like, oh, Tristan Thompson, he only really shows up against the Warriors, and uh, and then uh, they were saying, well, who, who else was out there? But yeah, it was. It's really just goes to show you, he, Kevin Love is just one of those guys, and like I, I, I honestly think him and CJ have a lot in common in terms of how they are regular season players. Like CJ, because he doesn't ever get to the free throw line because he is not a like elite passer. Like he's great with the ball in his hands in terms of getting to his own shot. And that, you know, Kevin Love back in the day, like he, he would help create for others like enough that like, you know, his, in his offensive game and dominating the boards, like, but they were, they were kind of regular season players. Like, where were you going to go when their defense is a liability and they can't hold up against the real physical dogs of the league? Like it's, it's kind of where they're at. And 
if you're the Blazers, like Kevin Love would make this team a lot more fun. It'd make you really believe that they had a chance to go further. Whether it's true or not, that's not important at this moment. But it would definitely instill some faith that, hey, you know, we're going for it. This is this is good. Yeah, I mean, again, with, with us assuming Kevin Durant's leaving, this is the window. This is the one or two year window that you have to make it happen with with, with this core of Dame and CJ. So if if this is it, then the long term five you know five year deal that Kevin Love just received, it's not going like I think it's worth it. I think it's worth the risk because if it doesn't work out, then at least you gave it your best effort. You gave it you gave it a good try, and well we we brought him home, and then he can just kind of play it out play out the contract and it is what it is. And think think about it this way. If you just swap Kevin Love for Myers Leonard right now, how much better are the Blazers? Because the Myers Leonard is a little bit better defensive player than Kevin Love, but not by much. And it's only because he's just, you know, physically bigger. But he's not that good. And like if you're basically saying Evan Turner already not playing much because of Rodney Hood I mean, and you could insert Jake Lehman, you could insert Pick, you could insert Gary Trent Jr. is someone to look out for next year. Um, if you just throw Kevin Love in there for Myers Leonard, all of a sudden you have a guy who's a legit shooter who could get his shot off faster than two seconds. And, like, he's 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 a guy who's going to – I don't know. It's just an upgrade. And if, if it's still not good enough, well, whatever. Like, you, you, you did what you had to do to, like, give it a try. But you got to run it through Dame because if Dame doesn't think Kevin Love's a difference maker, you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 true. You got to run it. Everything needs to go through Dame at, at, at this point in time. Um, so, I mean, other things that you do with that, with this squad. I mean, we've, we've already mentioned you sign off for Rukaminu to the, the deal that you – Know, whatever it takes because you're just going to be an operating tax team this year. Um, you sign Jake Lehman to whatever it takes. You, I don't think you really want to play the, um, the the game of you know play out the qualifying offer. It's just no real need for that. Um, if he gets an offer sheet, then you sign it uh, because it's probably not going to be a max. I don't think that you know a squad out there is going to max him or or get or sign him to an overly rich deal who, who, i could be wrong about that but who's I don't committing think three a guaranteed three years to that guy i mean like it's not a indictment of him as a player it's just you don't know enough about him to commit three years to a guy it's true i mean and that's he, the requirement be his, to, to do a restricted free agent yes it will be his um uh his his prime years though so i mean that's something to speak of i mean i i look at i look at other players of of his type of uh um not caliber, but like in, in that range. And I just, I just don't see tons of guys after we get past the, the notable ones that are, that are there. He's kind of floating in this kind of mid-level guy, not mid-level exception guy, but just like this mid-tier guy where um, if you're going to throw out some money at someone, I mean, why you're not throwing it out at Damari Carroll, probably, you know, you're not throwing it out at, Trevor Ariza, at least I wouldn't personally. You're not throwing out Stanley Johnson. So, I mean, maybe, you know, Boyan. You, you throw it out of Boyan uh, if, you, if you can, although the Pacers would right. like to retain him. But it's like, who are the who are the guys that are out there? And there are, is going to be some money. I just think ultimately it does come down to the fact that he's having a – this is his only year of, re- like, relative success. He is playing for a team that I think – 
almost always gets the most out of their players. And with that in mind, like I, I don't think the I don't think there's gonna be a lot of people, you know, coming for him. Like it's just my opinion. I I just don't see it. Fair. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's you know. And for three years, like that's the thing. Like for three years, three years of like it's like a three year deal that's big enough for the Blazers not to match. Like who's gonna who's got that confident that they can take him to another level? I just don't I just don't see that person. Yeah. Um is there anything else, Ethan, that, that you would do as as you approach this? I mean, what other move uh what other moves could they decide that they want to uh that they, they could want to do. I mean, is there anything out there that really stands out? I mean, probably not just because it's like you don't have cap space. So you're just trying to get, find the right minimum guys to squeeze in once you make your essential moves. That That's honestly it. You know, you are looking for, you're going dumpster diving for a bargain. Um, like, I don't think Vince Carter would leave Atlanta, but it, like, if you're looking for a guy who will, will, will give you a 10 good minutes, Vince Carter would be a guy I'd be really interested in. Because he's, you know, he's that vet. He'll like. I think he's having a positive influence on on the Hawks this year, and I, I, you know, I think he could be, you know, coerced into playing for a playoff team as last year. If last, next year's his last year, like, although I, I do think Atlanta makes sense because he's probably eyeing that a job with Turner Sports here at the end of the end of it all. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want, like, I don't think this is a good fit because you've already done this twice, but. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, a guy someone should take a gamble on. I don't know if it's the Blazers. If if the Nets aren't interested in requiring him, they want to drop his cap hold to go after free agents. He's a guy that teams that need fours need that can do a little bit of the ball in their hands. Like he's someone. Yeah, but ultimately, it's just there's no one out here that they can. You're guaranteed. Yeah, we can make an offer. He's ours now because you don't got that money. So Ethan, yes. Um, if we don't have much else for them, I just got. I just have a. A quick, kind of a funny question for you. Um, okay. Just, just, just for you to kind of think through and mull over, and uh, yeah, that that kind of thing. Um, so here, here's here's what it is. Got player A, player B for you. All right. Mm. One of the, one of these ones that you're that you're gonna totally love. Player A, um, per 100 possessions. Try to you know limit the pace and um, and all that stuff out. He averages 26 points per 100 possessions, shooting 37.4% from three, averaging 7.4 assists, usage at 23%, turnover percentage 11.3, and a 56% true shooting. That's player A. Okay. Uh, if you just want to scroll down on the, on the dock, you'll see it. Uh, if you want to go look, like, look at gotcha. it. So player B, 35.3 points per 100 possessions, shooting a little worse at 36% from three, Averaging more assists, 8.7 assists, but higher usage, 29%. Same, approximately the same turnover percentage, 11%, and shooting just a few ticks higher at 59 uh, true shooting percentage. Ethan, player A or player B, um, who do you take and is it by much? Well, you got to look at the fact that if we're comparing usage rate and the turnover rate is equal, like that's a huge huge red flag for player A because if that percent turnover percentage is is equal to a guy who's getting 6% more usage that's concerning the true shooting percentage for the player B is higher so that means he is likely to be a more versatile scorer or maybe that just means all his shots come from 3 one of the two but yeah so at the same time but three higher three point percentage for player A 
Yeah. Um, and only a, about a one, just over one assist difference with that usage uh, percentage. Well, I don't believe use. I don't believe assists contribute to usage. So, I want to check your stats there. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you have a zero percent usage, you got you're not getting any. You're not you're not going to be getting assists because you don't have the ball in your hand as, as much. And so, you know, you would you would assume people with higher usage percentages. Um, if they're playing the same position, which th these both these players are point guards, uh, you'd assume that higher usage would mean that you'd be able to get uh, more opportunities to gain garner more assists. You, you right? do have more opportunities to garner assists, but assists do not contribute to that statistic. I know. I'm just anyway. I I think you gotta go with player player two there because mm -hmm. like you're the points per game different, the points per hundred possessions difference is pretty close to what I would expect out of the usage gap and the turnovers the same. Yeah, I'd go with I'd go with player B. So I How, took I took mm -hmm. Drew Holiday, didn't I? Uh no no you didn't. One more question before I let you know the players that by how much is it like is it like a substantial like of course I'm playing taking player B, but looking at the numbers like yeah player player A versus player B, do are they both in your eyes reasonable, respectable players? Yeah, it's just about like if you gave the other guy more usage, like you you'd guess that his points per hundred would go up and his assists would go up. Like I'm mm -hmm. turnover percentage would be higher as well. Like I, you, you, know, you would so, you would assume. But like if the argument you're making for turnover percentage usage, like I, I don't know. Anyways, like with that, if, if you're if you're gonna knock assists, if you're gonna knock assists. Anyways. Well, they don't count for usage. I I know, I know I'm just it's not just, part of the stat, Richard. I know I'm just saying opportunities, opportunities, right? Oh. Let me just let me just say you picked Dame Lillard, that's a good thing. Over Reggie Jackson. Yes, Reggie Jackson. I got you to say Reggie Jackson is a reasonable, reasonable player on the podcast. Well. It's been great. It's not accurate, though. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's, he's been but playing phenomenally for the past month. Just just really want to point it out He played really well in the most recent game I watched, which now I can't remember who they were playing. But he hit a corner three Google? towards. That, that's probably it. He hit a corner three towards the end of the game, which was, you know, whoa, he made a shot. Come on, he's shooting a higher percentage from three than Dame. I mean, he's not, but yeah, go. Let's go check a higher volume, higher let's volume. Check, obviously, let's check the tape. A difficult of a t difficulty of attempts there. This is fair. Um, yeah, but I'm just like because Reggie Jackson's the third best player on his team. I mean, considering okay, you have Blake Griffin, it. Andre Drummond. I mean, oh, uh, you know what? Dame Lillard would still be the best player on that team. This is fair. What? What? I, all I'm the whole purpose of this was just no. for, for for you to go in there and say, you know, Reggie Jackson, a reasonable player in this year, uh, especially the past month since he's gotten healthier. Ethan, you're going to hear me harping on this until the Pistons are no longer playing NBA basketball this year. You're going to hear me harping and saying, you know, Reggie back. Reggie Jackson is back playing at his um 2015-2016 level, except he's actually playing with. You know, he's actually playing with a lower usage and he's shooting a higher percentage, which is um which is exciting. And he's not he's not being awful. It's 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 great. We're we're we are we're really happy. Just well, you know, we are really happy uh in Detroit with Reggie Jackson's performance over the past month. Just really want to say that. Just thrilled that you're happy. He's we are we 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 are thrilled. Uh, I got I got you to say it. That was great. That guy's shooting forty two percent from the field. You know what it is. It is uh, what what it is. You know. I really listen, don't like Reggie Jackson. Listen, I mean, you know, I I understand you don't like him. You don't like his game. We've 
we've got you I don't know like how he looks like i'll just throw that out there yeah so, so i mean you're saying he's shooting he's shooting what for the from the field 42 percent. yeah dame Lillard's shooting 40 44 so well, that's a big difference two like i'm just saying so true shooting um puts them you know just a few just a few ticks apart it's not it's not as wide of a range as you'd expect from going someone who's probably going to get second team all NBA this year and someone who constantly gets uh you know gets bad mouthed and uh and and, and spoken ill of on right. uh not just this podcast from some from some people but uh from just the general NBA community. I just think that with players and this is a Pistons fans here speaking in general uh comments about or 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 general thoughts about Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond um are more negative than they should be. Okay. I just think I got to say it. I am glad you've said it. You know, this is, this is I'm glad we're having this conversation at the, at the end of the pod. At, at the end of the pod, we're, ha- we're happy we're having this conversation at this point. If I try to introduce this at the beginning, you would have like, do, you would have been like, nope, we're, we're, we're moving on. My tooth really hurts, Richard. I, I, was this specifically because of the Reggie Jackson speak? Like, you can't get your mouth to say his name without the toothache? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's just awful. Well. I've I've, I've totally derailed. Although here's the thing, though, if Dame if Dame was on the Pistons, the Pistons would be the best team in the East. Oh, we'd be we'd be awesome. I mean, the best team. I don't I don't know if I could speak those. Oh, really? Yeah. You think we could speak those words? Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think the Bucks might have a better record. I but. think the yeah, the, I think the Bucks. You, I, yeah, I don't know about the Bucks. I think that we would be definitely in that in that top tier though, which. Would be nice, you know. Dame, just come on over. Let's let's make it happen. I'd it's rather not. not. It's never happened. No, he's not. I would even. rather not. <sighs> All right, Ethan. That's it. We hit it. We only did one one team today, and I mean that's okay because we're we're in good shape with our uh, say the franchise. Um, but uh, it was it was good. Glad to talk well, about the Portland Trailblazers. And now Austin strode out there. You now got your your Blazers pod uh, that you can go ahead and listen to. And Portland is currently down three points with eight minutes to go in the fourth. So got to go flip right. that back on. Will them to victory. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Um, Ethan, good talking with you. Have a good night, Richard. <laughs>